The World Cup kicks off on November 20th. Yay! And like most of the rest of the sports world, I will be paying close attention. The thing is, when it comes to soccer, I'm pretty much a C-minus student, so I need to be schooled, and I need to be schooled well, and I need to be schooled fast about not only the tournament itself, but how it could affect collecting. Luckily for me, I have three superb teachers on speed dial, and on this very special World Cup preview, they're going to help me figure out how to collect this. Welcome to Collect This, powered by CSG, your go-to sports card grading company. Here's your host, Alan Goldscher. All right, so gentlemen, before we dive into this, I am going to be honest. I'm going to give full disclosure. I'm going to give. Uh, I'm going to be an open book because that's what Collect This is all about. I am at best a fair weather soccer fan. Okay, come the World Cup, I pay attention, and by like week three, I'm an expert. But right now, we're still a few days away from the first kick, right? So I'm clueless. I need y'all's help. So what I want you to do, I'm going to go around the room here. Umberto Paolucci, co-curator of the World Football Collection, which is uh, by far the best collection of soccer memorabilia in the world. In one word, okay, one word, sum up your prep for this World Cup. Magic. Why magic? What's magic about this year in particular? Uh, it's a unique, uh, builds legacies and unforgettable moments. I can't wait. Uh, Matteo, Matteo Pella, your partner in the WFC. Give me your word. I'd say brunch. <laughs> because there will, be, there will be so much diverse type of food, which is soccer. And you will just not resist watching a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And, of course, focus on your main passions and your main teams to be uh glued to your sofa and watch it it's it's, it's really it's really uh, uh a, an invitation open invitation to feast over a huge brunch buffet i love it i love it uh my esteemed co-worker at csg sal de stefano a grader and finalizer and vintage soccer expert give me your one word and elaborate uh i gotta say prestige mm. um and bragging rights you know because it's the whole entire world you know i got buddies who root for different teams different countries and just being able to beat their team and be able to brag about it for the next four years um it's, it's what it's all about i love it all right umberto for dummy fairweather soccer fans like me give me an overview of what the world cup is about how the format works the the um the gravitas behind it uh, is by far the largest uh, event uh, on a four-year cycle. Uh, is the most followed event on TV by far. Um, it's uh, it's really unique, and everybody all over the world is uh, is waiting for it. Uh, and uh, when it comes, obviously, if your nation is involved, uh, the the stakes are higher. But uh, still, the the passion is there, and. Uh, the curiosity and uh, it's it's the peak of football and uh, the it's the first there's a round robins so of four four national teams there's eight of those and uh, the first top two qualifies and then it's uh, like a playoff format 
um, it's it's very very relevant when you think about players and national teams, not just uh, uh, like how well he plays, uh, someone plays in in the round robin, but if he makes it through the round robin and how many other games he plays, because you can play uh, only three games or you can get uh, to the final mm-hmm. and, and end up playing seven. So that changed completely your visibility and your chances. There's been players in the past which didn't do anything in the round robin and then uh, like exploded after. Uh, or there's been player that has been phenomenal in the first three matches, but then when when the the uh, the, the, the in or out match uh, arrived, uh, uh, didn't perform well and they got easily forgotten. Um, but the beauty of the each World Cups is that there's going to be full of surprises. Usually, whoever comes in as a clear cat favorite never wins. Um, and um, you know, uh, you expect certain players which are as a very high expectations, like both in terms of prospects or uh, current superstars, to to all perform greatly, and some will will out uh, out outperform these uh, expectations. Some will underperform, um, and 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 you know, it's going to be very very interesting. Other players with which we don't even know now, mm-hmm. basically, or will come up and, and become stars. And this happens every four years. Every workup is like that. Uh, so, Mateo, we're going to save the boldest of the bold predictions for the end of the show, but there are going to be surprises. There are always surprises, okay? What are some of the countries that could come out of nowhere and and shock us? Well, I'd say that, uh, for example, Senegal could be a big surprise. Mm. Um, I mean, they, they, their best uh, were the court placement was the quarterfinal uh, 20 years ago. Uh, best result uh, at that time for, a, um, for an African uh, national team, together with Cameroon in, uh, in the 1990s and Ghana in 2010. Uh, I'd say that, I mean... Uh, Cisse has prepared a pretty good team. Physically, they are absolutely tough. They have that some freaks, some some talent that can give you the unexpected uh, twist. So I'm not maybe saying that I might be favorite for the final win, but they can make some victim on, on the way. You know, mm-hmm. some some. I'm celebrity victim. <laughs> they're like they're like the team that they always say in the NBA. You don't want to face the Chicago Bulls in the playoffs, right? That's like this team. Yes, that's one. That's one. Uh, that's one. Um, one side of it. But they have they have some some pretty good player. They have uh, Koulibaly. Uh, they have uh, Sadio Mane. They have uh, Gaye. Uh, Idrissa Gaye, Pap Gaye. I mean, all good players. Some of them are stars. And I'd say that they can, they can for sure pull out some, some good results. And they are pretty chit-chat about I mean, they're... Oh, they talk smack? Yes. One thing which is not in the chit-chat conversation, but I would never want to face at any point in a workup, it's, this is always, probably will always stay my, my take, is Belgium. 
Belgium, mm-hmm. they are nasty. They probably fall more precisely into that category that you were uh, exemplifying before. Or you never want to meet the Bulls in the playoffs. Yeah. Belgium, they have a track record for being, you know, uh, a, a, a bomb on your path, you know. So uh, these are my two uh, potential surprises. Not maybe for the final win, but they will, they will kill somebody. They'll make some noise. So I was in an Uber uh, about a month and a half ago, and the driver and I we got talking about sports. And I said, "Are you excited from the World Cup?" And yeah, and he started kind of giving me his uh, his take on the whole thing. He too, Matteo was uh, was very high on Belgium. He said they're very unpredictable, and you don't know what you're going to get uh, when you face them. So I, I'm going to go out of my way to watch them because I trust you guys. Uh, Sal, let's talk about. You you had a really cool point uh, coming into this uh, coming into this show. You had mentioned that this is the first World Cup that's been played in the winter, right? And because of that, we're still in season, okay? And because of that, people are pooped, people are injured. How do you think that's going to impact the games themselves? And uh, because you are our CSG card maven, uh, the card sales for the big names that won't be making as much, if any, noise in the tournament. Well, I mean, it's it definitely plays a big role for sure. I mean, there's, you know, midway through the season, so all these players are playing real hard for their club teams and, you know, playoffs and stuff like that. And there's a lot of big injuries out there right now. Like France has really been bitten by the uh, the injury bug there. Varane um, is in doubt. Um, Pogba is considered out. Uh, Conti out. Um, huge, huge core players for those teams. Um, England has a couple of players in doubt. Reese James just got completely ruled out. Uh, he plays for Chelsea on his club team. And, um, you know, South Korea, if Humming Song doesn't play, I mean, that's, that's pretty, pretty big for him. And I mean, it really, guys that aren't going to be making the tournament, whether they don't get picked for their squad or they're injured or whatever, I mean, it, it'll greatly affect their, their card values. And, you know, just across the board, card values in general throughout the sports are, are trending down right now from, you know, pandemic levels, not terribly, but, you know, soccer has been holding steady right now um, with people being, you know, anticipating the world cup mm-hmm. and, you know, big goals and tournaments and stuff like that. So, but, you know, for example, I can remember in, 2018 one of the big up-and-coming guys for uh for germany was timo warner and um invested in some of his cards he was a he was a can't miss and then had a couple gaffes in in games missed a couple big goals and now he's out for germany and his cards have just fell to the floor so um a lot of hit and miss guys and it'll for sure affect their values yeah it's one of the most exciting parts of of collecting cards in general is the speculative nature of it uh if you don't have like tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line for one of these cards and all of a sudden one of these players blows up great you had fun if if you had a little bitty a little bit of cash on it and he falls whatever what are you gonna do Mateo, I'm going to throw it to you to talk about a couple of the guys on the French team who you are kind of high on coming into the tournament. Um, Aurelien Chalmany and Eduardo Camavinga. Talk to me about them. They they both have really fascinating backstories, uh, the kind of people that you would want to watch and possibly want to collect. Well, seems like they are... Uh, their destiny, one of the, of the signs of their destiny is that they have to be early at doing everything they do uh, because they're both 
born in the early 2000. I think Camavinga is 2002 and uh, Chouameni is 2000, but uh, not, not older than that. And they've gone through, they've burnt the steps of their career. As of now, they find themselves both in Real Madrid, and we'll go a little bit of insight in, in each of them, but I give you them as a, as a couple, as a whole, because they are both like sort of defensive midfielder. And they took the heritage of the uh, Modric and Cruz uh, midfield part of, of, the, of, of Real Madrid. And now, and they're doing it with great result, but the transition is still going on. Now they are called to do it at early stages in a World Cup for France, replacing players who are injured, mm -hmm. as uh, our friend was saying before. And the World Cup is a stage where the pressures, is, the pressures can be really, really high, especially for, for a country like France, which always have high expectation. It's always, it's always uh, high in the, in the um, betting. I think it's now their second favorite globally. Brazil is first, it's France is second. So they have, they have uh, pressure. It's part of their destiny, being able to fulfill expectation at early years, like talking about Kamavinga, I was telling you before when we were before connecting on the air, I was telling you it was he's always been uh, uh, more mature than his age. This was one thing that caught the eyes of you know the scouts around him. Uh, he had a tough past. He was born in Angola, moved to France with the family, and as I was telling you, they thought that the the hard times were over, but no, he faced some other hard times. Typical story of a guy who was living in a small village, and when he started playing for Rennes, he was he was living 50 kilometers away, and the family didn't have the money, so he had to find ways to gain some money or to ask people, and it really showed that he wanted to be part of that team. I'm talking about a kid of age 10 who was playing with kids age 11 and 12, mm -hmm. and this was the thing that caught the eyes of the scout around him. While for Chamini, is a little bit more of an um, extravagant guy, a little bit more uh, flashy. He has a few exotic uh, collections that he does, mm -hmm. uh, not cards though. Uh, he's more into fashion and, and watches, you know, uh, <laughs> he likes to spend his money on, on flashy things, uh, mm -hmm. but who doesn't when you get to get so much money <laughs> all at once? Uh, and uh, Tramini on the same level that Kamavinga has no fear, always ready, uh, being able to pull off some uh, some uh, games where he's been basically putting the midfield on his shoulder. And so this has been their story so far, their recent story. They're doing it on a main stage such as Real Madrid. Will they, will they be able to not to deceive all the French fans around the world during such a show like the World Cup? Mm -hmm. We'll see in a few weeks. But I think that in Italy, we say, I don't know if you have a similar way. France has some injury issues, but in some position, they're falling standing. Stanno cadendo in piedi, we say in Italian, okay? They're fall standing. So they're falling, but they still have backup solution, which is almost as good as the ideal starters.
I don't know if you guys agree with me. I speed out what I think, but I might be wrong. <laughs> now, I, you know what? Whether you're right, whether you're wrong, it's a lesson for me, and I need all the help I can get, as noted multiple times. Um, Umberto, you have your eyes on a couple of interesting players. Uh, one uh, who you know from Real Madrid, Federico Valverde, and uh, Spain's own Gavi. What is it about those guys? Of all the players in the tournament, what is it about these two guys that kind of perks up your ears? So there's a... Uh, First, uh, the first part I'm a supporter of Uruguay. They represent uh, the passion for football, and this kid is the you know Uruguay recently had Suarez and Cavani, two phenomenal strikers. Uh, Real Madrid got this young kid is growing up, and apparently he's, as all the Uruguayans, he has this great. He has he's very down to earth. But he's phenomenally gifted. He doesn't play in the same position. He's more like a, a winger, offensive winger, uh, with more creativity than than a, than a traditional striker. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy is potentially uh, has the potential to become the best player in the world. In the world, uh, that's a big statement. Yeah, I mean, considering that Alan is not in the World Cup. <laughs> and, uh, um, the guy is, uh, is really, really gifted, mm-hmm. and I think he's, he's sound uh, uh, with the mentality. The, the fact is that Uruguay is always, always hard. Is the worst team. Nobody wants to ever uh, uh, run into them. Um, they are really, really, really hard to beat one way or another. Um, we're talking about three and a half million people country, so... You know, they won two World Cups. They 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 reach multiple semifinals, quarterfinals. You know, it's it's the best uh, uh, ratio uh, ch- uh, superstars per uh, inhabitant in football. Okay, and it's been like that for hundred years. So uh, I really like his chances. Um, when we go to to other players like Gavi, uh, he's, he's really impressive at Barcelona. Obviously, he's in the footstep of Guardiola and Xavi. He plays in the same position and Iniesta as well. So he's, he's really gifted. Uh, he's going to depend a lot on how Spain perform. And, uh, but how Spain perform will depend probably on how his playmaker, which mm-hmm. is Gavi, yeah. per- will perform. So it, it's a very interesting uh, thing. Uh, there's there's a lot of very talented guys in the Engl- England team, for example, mm-hmm. um, as well. Um, but it, it's difficult for at the moment uh, to, to imagine which is going to be the, the lineup, the, the 11 starters for England, and how that will eventually change throughout the tournament. And England has a good history of uh, disappointing. Uh, it's the opposite of Uruguay in that regard. <laughs> but on the paper, they have a phenomenally talented uh, uh, squad. Uh, there was uh, Bakayoko Saka uh, on cover of Time magazine this month. Um, he's an Arsenal player. He's a young kid. Uh, there's Bellingham, which plays a Borussia Dortmund, uh, which is 19. Uh, phenomenal looks phenomenal uh, at Dortmund and in Champions League. We have to see with the World Cup and then with England. Um, it, you know, it's 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 always challenging. Uh, the World Cup is is very surprising, and and I'm, I'm, uh, 
it's something that both Matteo and Sal touched. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, it, it's it's a combination of luck, and uh, you know, you don't you don't have a second chance sometimes. Yeah. So you know, Belgium is a phenomenal team, but Lukaku might not play, and if Lukaku doesn't play, the the replacement is Origi, uh, which at the moment is is not playing very well. He, he might play phenomenally well. If he scores the first game, he gained back confidence and maybe he scores every single game. Who knows? And they end up winning the World Cup. But he might play as we expect averagely uh, if Lukaku doesn't play, or maybe even Lukaku can play averagely. And that will affect all the other players as well, because if strikers don't score, it doesn't matter how well the team plays. So the Bruin, which is clearly one of the five most famous players in the world, um, you know, will be will will be affected by that significantly. Uh, also, in terms of cards value, I assume, uh, because maybe Belgium will underperform mm-hmm. because they don't score easy on easy opportunities. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes one lucky goal is, is the difference in in making it through the tournament or not. Actually, it has been for every single winner. There has been at least one game when when they got lucky. Great stuff from Professor Paolucci. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to Sal. Uh, we're going to bring it back to the good old USA and talk about um, uh, from uh, Chelsea by way of Hershey, Pennsylvania, the lovely and talented Christian Pulisic. Uh, he's he's a stud, right? Even this dummy over here sees him play. I'm like, this guy is sick. And he's possibly one of the best American players I can recall. So, I mean, you know, Landon Donovan's the last guy I can think of that just got me all psyched, uh, like Pulisic does. Can he make enough noise to A, help the U.S. Um, advance a little more than they usually do, and B, amp up his card values to like Ronaldo and Messi level? I mean, you know, he's considered Captain America for us. And, you know, I don't know if that's a, a fair assumption to put all that on his shoulders. I mean, the USA team is a, a very young team. I think it's probably going to be one of the youngest teams in the tournament. Um, obviously, they want to make some progression this this tournament because um, with 2026, the World Cup being in the U.S. and Canada, I mean, obviously, they want to have a good showing there as well. Um I mean, I, he's he's got some more help than he did last time around. I mean, Gio Reyna's really um, coming to his own recently. Like, I think that'll that'll help Polisic out um, a good amount. Um, his card values are are honestly at this point pretty comparable to Ronaldo and Messi in some instances. Um, you know, his 2016 and 17 select rookies are up there with um, you know, price wise with even some of Ronaldo and Messi's autos from wow. around then. So, you know, I just uh, was looking at them and I mean, I think some of them are in the two, two thousand, three thousand dollar range wow. for uh, for his base autos. I mean, from 2016. So it was his rookie campaign. But, um, you know, this this team is is got a lot to prove. Um, you know, obviously we're in a better, better position than we have been in years past, but they have a chance to make it into the round of 16 here, depending on how they play in, in a couple of the games. But I think what this team is really trying to do is build towards uh, the next four years in 2026 and make a big splash then. Last time I spoke to um, Umberto and Mateo, I think it was Mateo who said, it, we were talking about your bold prediction at that point, it was months ago, and he said the U.S. could very well make it to the round of 16. I was like, really? And he's like, yep, absolutely. Uh, let's talk about legacy, Alberto. You got you, you, we're, we're talking about all these guys who um, aficionados and like B 
plus soccer fans uh they know and love okay the dummies like me we love the messi we love the ronaldos we love the mbappes what do those guys have to do to solidify their legacy or amp up their legacy and potentially get them even more excited exciting to card collectors yeah i mean it's it's going to be very exciting is the last world cup for both messi and ronaldo they define an era of football the last 20 years so I don't know if you remember, but in 86, when Larry Bird won the third consecutive MVP, the cover of Sport Illustrated was the best ever. Is he the best ever? Uh, so, and Michael Jordan was already playing. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's a, a, a bias by, by time, both in the present and looking back uh, in the past. So... These two guys might end up like Bird and Jordan, uh, Bird and, and Magic, or might end up like uh, uh, Pelé or, or Messi, uh, Pelé or Maradona, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so Messi has to win the World Cup. If he doesn't win the World Cup, he can't be in the, in, in the Pelé League. It uh, doesn't matter the, his accolades with the clubs, uh, the fact that he won the Copa America once, uh, you, you just can't compare the, the, the two careers based on the, just the, the club uh, numbers because what Pelé did with Brazil is just like unbelievable. He won three World Cups out of four and then the fourth was injured. So uh, Ronaldo obviously as, as a, he plays for Portugal. So Argentina is a powerhouse. Portugal is a good team. He won the Euro. Mm-hmm once mm-hmm. so he's already the best uh, result in the history of the, of, of the nation um nobody's expecting portugal to win the world cup but if he scores uh first he's going to be very happy because he's not in in a great period at manchester united but second he's gonna uh grow his legacy even bigger and he can break a record of being the first player to score in five consecutive major tournaments um so that that will contribute to his legacy. I don't believe he will ever be uh, the best player of all time uh, in, in the GOAT conversation like against the Michael Jordan, which is Pelé. Uh, but, uh, but he can be there, okay? In, in that, uh, in the, in that Mount, Mount Rushmore. Um, from Mbappé is, is very, very intriguing. I mean, I don't believe... Uh, uh, Mbappé has the, 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 the natural talent and gift. I might be the best player in the world, but uh, or one of the best player in the world for 10 years, but I don't think believe he's comparable to Pelé. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, he won the work is the second youngest player to ever win the World Cup in 2018. So if he ends up winning the World Cup again, then he is the, the one who has a legitimate shot at winning three World Cups by the time he retires. Mm-hmm. So that would really build an incredible legacy uh, for uh, for him. Uh, so now I'm talking about the three most famous players in, in the world, mm-hmm. probably. Um, but these these impacts a lot of other players. So we saw Modric was which was considered a great player. Last World Cup he, he ended up in the final again. Croatia is a very very small country like Uruguay, mm-hmm. um, less than four million people. He ended up also winning the Golden Ball, breaking the Messi, Ronaldo, uh, and 
15 years <laughs> uh, back and forth. And, you know, that can happen with, with another great player and build a legacy that goes beyond the present. Uh, because, uh, you know, once you, you have a certain type of uh, accolades under your belt, uh, they are there to stay. So Modric has won the Golden Ball that year. And if Belgium wins, maybe De Bruyne can win. Mm. Or even if Belgium loses the final, just making an example of a super gifted player. Matteo and Sal, I'm going to throw you both the same question. Looking at the pool of players, right? Which one player, which one stud player, which player that people like casual soccer fans know kind of has to have a good tournament to cement his legacy or go next level? Matteo, you first. Not, not, not sure about it. I want, I want to Sal go first because I have a couple of ideas, but I want to Sal go first. All right, go Sal, go. So, I mean, not to kind of pick the obvious and Umberto kind of um, touched on it already, but, you know, this is big for Messi. Um, obviously, his his last probably World Cup here. Um, and, you know, not to throw it back to kind of American football, but kind of how I equate him is, is Dan Marino, you know, one of the greatest ah, quarterbacks yeah, and passes call. of all time. Never won that Super Bowl, never won that championship. And, you know, still one of the considered one of the greats of all time, but, you know, just not having that. And same with uh, in NBA with Charles Barkley. You know, uh, great Hall of Fame player, just never won that championship. And, you know, it always gets brought up in, you know, the greatest of all time conversations. So I think this is a big one for Messi. I mean, he's he, they got a great squad. Um, you know, I think uh, he wins this and I mean, his value is already there, but he wins this World Cup. I mean, I could see his, his value on his cards doubling, tripling. I mean, going crazy. So I'm going to go with Messi there. Did, you get the, did that get the gears turning, Matteo? When Umberto, when you when you asked Umberto the question, say what do like Ronaldo and the Messi needs to be eternal, blah blah, etc. etc. Let's face it, the, the car collectors market is mainly American as of today. Still, it's mainly an American thing. And in America, in sports, if you don't win, you can be just as good as the hype is till the hype is on. Mm -hmm. Like John Moran cards can skyrocket if he does five triple doubles in a row. They skyrocket the moment, then he tore his Achilles, his alpha life. Yeah. Gone. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> but a Michael Jordan will always be Michael Jordan. A Giannis Antetokounmpo, even if he ends his career tomorrow, he will be a Giannis Antetokounmpo because. He is a champion. He's a winner. Yeah. So I have to say, he says with Messi, I have to say Cristiano Ronaldo, but it's a very, it's a very, how can I say, uh, obvious uh, answer because they have to cement their value and make it become eternal so that the Messi will always be remembered as the world champion. Otherwise, the American market will tend to punish you yeah. and forgive you, forget you. Am I right, Sal? It's a it's a what have you done for me lately type of market <laughs> in, in all the sports, and it's a very uh, it's a very short attention span with a lot of these guys. And you'll see players get pumped up, and you know they're the next best thing. They have a start off the season bad, and you'll see their their prices tank. You know, so it's a very uh, it's a very what have you done for me lately type of uh, collecting market over here. Umberto, you had something to uh, throw into the conversation. Yeah, I want to I want to uh, be the the counter. Uh, uh, the counter argument. Uh, I agree with them, but uh, I'm gonna pick uh, Kai Arvets from Chelsea. 
and I'm explaining you why. First, because of a joke from Lineker, which is very famous. He described football as a as a game played by two teams where the Germans wins. <laughs> so we, we didn't talk about Germany, but at the end, you always have to talk about Germany because, you know, they go either semi-final, final or win. Um, and Arvetsa, uh, at very young age at Chelsea, uh, scored a winning goal in the Champions League final. He's a very gifted player, and he could very well be the decisive player for Germany. Germany is a collective team. There's never usually one player that separates himself by three notches from the other, but it could be the best team on the winning team, and he might even have the decisive uh, goals. So he's a, he's a very, very, is uh, a bet in that regard, but uh, I think he has a very big upside. All right, Sal, I'm going to turn it to you for this uh, kind of important question. This goes back to that whole Fairweather fandom thing, right? Do you see from your perch over in uh, Sarasota, Florida at at the CSG uh, grading room, CSG grading central, do things flow in a little bit more around World Cup time? Are people wanting to show off their soccer cards, wanting to get them slabbed, wanting to get them graded because it is that time of the four years? Or is it more of a, a, a flat line? It's uh, you definitely we we see an uptick, um, you know, especially over the last month or so, and um, you know, we'll especially with the Panini World Cup sticker set coming out about a month or two ago, like that's a really hot set right now. So everyone's trying to get their their Prism World Cup cards in from 2014 or 2018, or they're trying to get their stickers in and get them graded, have them slabbed up so they have them in hand to either flip or hold or sell during the World Cup. So we've definitely over the last month or so seen a pretty decent uptick in, in soccer cards coming through for sure. All right, before I let you guys go, before I let you guys don the jersey of your team, I need a bold prediction. Not only do I need a bold prediction, I need, and I'm throwing this at you guys now, I need the two finalists and the winner. Mateo, go. Uh, I don't know if this, the, the two finalists will be compatible with the bracket, but I'd say France and Argentina. That's a safe one. I feel comfortable with that. And what's your bold prediction? I say, uh, and I cheer for this one, for Messi and everything, for Argentina. And basically because we Italians don't really like French. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to know that you are comfortable enough on this show to be able to admit that. (laughs) Sal, bold prediction, finalists, winner. So it's kind of funny. Um, I read a little tidbit the other day that um, EA Sports, the, the company that puts out the FIFA soccer game, has correctly predicted the World Cup final since 2010. Holy moly. And uh, with that being said, they've got um, exactly what Mateo said, Argentina versus France in the final, which I originally had France and Brazil, but I feel like you know Brazil being the favorite is kind of a cop-out picking the favorite. <laughs> so you know I'm going to go with Messi. I'm going to go with Argentina. Uh, Messi solidifying his title. Having his card prices soar through the roof and uh, being considered one of the greatest of all time. But my uh, my dark horse, my kind of surprise pick, and you know, like we touched on earlier, not much of a surprise, but always been one of my favorite teams is is Belgium. I think they've kind of been the dark horse team since 2010. Um, you know, great core players. They're getting a little bit older, some of them, so their window is kind of closing. But 
you know, that's a team that made the semifinal in 2018. So, you know, they have the stuff to, to get there. So I'm, I'm hoping that's the team that's in it at the end. I can't wait to see that. Uh, I went to last World Cup, uh, an Argentinian bar. One of my Argentinian friends dragged me to watch a game. I have never seen such passion at a sports bar in my life. Dead silence to dead screaming. Silence screaming. The attention being paid to that television that was not being paid to the drinks or their friends. They were laser focused on the game. And then when a goal came or when a nice, you know, a nice play developed, it was bedlam, absolute bedlam. Highly recommend going to an Argentinian bar if there is one in your city. Umberto, take us home. Bowl prediction, two finalists and the winner. So I'm going to go with a, a very unlikely pick, which is uh, Germany versus Spain. They play in the same group, so they're already playing uh, a game before uh, and Germany winning. Uh, that's my boring uh, choice. <laughs> uh, the the dark horse might might be Uruguay uh, losing to Germany. That's great stuff, guys. I am now prepared. I am now ready. I was hyped before. I'm even more hyped now. Sal Stefano, Matteo Pella, Umberto Paolucci, thank you so much for schooling me. And I'm going to clear my throat right now and get all excited to have my, as Matteo put it, World Cup brunch. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. It's so Thank you. Pleasure. Whether it's a 1986 Michael Jordan Fleer rookie card, a Tom Brady playoff contenders rookie card from 2000, or, I don't know, a Marv Throneberry card that came out of a post cereal box in 1963, and yes, that's a thing. Certified Sports Guarantee will grade your sports cards quickly and accurately. A subsidiary of Certified Collectibles Group, CSG graded over 1 million cards in its first year plus on the sports collecting scene, the fastest any grading company has hit that mark. The speedy turnaround times provided by the knowledgeable, passionate team of expert sports card graders will make your CSG experience smooth, efficient, and most importantly, fair. Regardless of the athlete, the sport, or the condition of your card, CSG will treat it with the love and respect it deserves. For more information about CSG, visit csgcards.com. That's CSG, your go-to sports card grading company. We hope you enjoyed Collect This, powered by CSG. Collect This was hosted, written, produced, engineered, and scored by Alan Goldshire. If you have any comments or questions, please email us at collectthis at csgcards.com. 